from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Um, that construction jobs aren't actually that stable. They write, quote, having a stable salary not based on weather might be a start instead of treating all workers as independent contractors. Is that the industry norm these days, I, that these are I would ask Kavan. Kavan's working in the field, and I think it would be a great question for him. Um, rain, sleet, snow, I'm out in the field. And I'm not afraid to ask questions. If I don't know it, people might get tired of saying, hey, you know, stop talking. No, I'm going to keep asking um, because if I'm asking, I don't know it. Um, and like I say, um, the most important thing to me is learning. So um, nothing doesn't happen to anybody. Um, and I want to go home in one piece also. I'm Sarah Fenske. As of March, employers across the U.S. reported 11.5 million job openings. That's the highest number recorded since the Bureau of Labor Statistics began tracking that number 22 years ago. And one of the industries that's been hard hit by the shortage of available workers to fill those jobs is the construction industry. Homegrown McCarthy Building Companies is one of the St. Louis area's largest employers of skilled trades workers. And that makes finding good workers a huge issue for them and one they're taking big steps to tackle. And here to tell us about those efforts is Ryan Molin. He is a senior vice president at McCarthy Building Companies. Ryan, welcome. Thanks for having me. And we're also joined today by Kavan White. He is a construction worker for McCarthy. Kavan, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Thank you. So, Ryan, in general, how hard is it to find as many of these skilled trades workers as your company needs these days? Well, definitely we've seen shortages across the country, and you can't go too far without reading a story about that. But uh, as we look particularly in the St. Louis area, it's it's not been as large a challenge, I would say, as we've mm. seen across the country. We, we happen to be blessed with strong trade unions here, great development programs. Um, but the shortage is definitely growing, and it's more of a, of a um, let's say it's a long-term uh, problem that we're projecting to grow worse uh, without acting on it. Do you think the pandemic was a major factor in that national problem? Uh, potentially, it exacerbated the, the the national problem, but I would say here in St. Louis, the shortage of skilled trades has been a problem that predated the pandemic. Um, we've seen a, an aging workforce with great benefits that are either about to or, or are already enjoying a, a well-deserved retirement. Um, we've seen uh, 12 years of unprecedented economic growth since, you know, if you look at 2008, 2009, and what the economy's done. And then we've seen just just not a lot of uh, young folks choosing the trades as a career path. Um, so we've seen um, that number go down. And so you can see that's that's what's really driving the, the shortage. So these jobs in the trades, these are well-paying jobs. Um, and in some ways, they're also really appealing jobs. You know, you can get to be outside. You're not stuck in front of a computer all day. Why do you think it is that we're seeing fewer young people want to take this up? Well, I think one of the one of the facts here are that a lot of folks are not considering construction because they're just not aware. I mean, we all grow up. Kids know what a doctor is. They heal. They know that a police officer, you know, uh, takes care of people and makes sure that everybody's safe. Uh, firemen put out fires. Construction workers, there's familiarity, but not really a detailed understanding of how great those jobs are, mm -hmm. what the benefits are, what kind of pay there is. So I think there's really just a lack of awareness, number one. I think there's also been a shifting from 
the American dream over 50 years of this very attainable, simple kind of what success looks like to this, you know, fast forward to everyone should be a millionaire. And and, mm-hmm. and this is not a career path that's going to, you know, make you Elon Musk, but it's definitely a, a well-paid, outstanding career path to choose. So, Kavan, I want to talk a bit about your journey because you're exactly the kind of guy that McCarthy is looking for. But I understand you weren't really looking for them back in the day. No, I wasn't. Um it just kind of happened. Um, How did it happen for you? What what happened in your life? Well, um, it started. Um, I was expecting more children. I have triplets. Triplets. Uh, yes. So you found so, out. Yes. Triplets um, were on the way. Yeah, we already had three pre- previous kids. So that will get a man's attention. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, okay, I'm making this amount of money. I need to find a way to make more. And where had you um, been working when you got this this blessed yet scary news? Um, I was making decent money. I was working at the Casino Queen over in Illinois. Okay. Um, I, we found out early, which was a blessing. Um, and as soon as I found out that information, I just went on a hunt. You know, I just pretty much asked God, like, hey, I just need to be able to feed and provide. That's it. Yeah. You know, I knew I wasn't going to hit the lottery. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. Um, but I just started my journey on looking on looking for another job. Um, you know, asked a couple friends and um, came across a friend of a family. And, um, you know, he said, you know, I might have something for you. you. Just give me a couple months. You know, it was middle of the winter time, So, you know, construction really don't start jumping off until, you know, February, March. Yeah. Um, and he stuck to his word. Um, I started off in McCarthy's yard, pretty much like the warehouse, um, distributing a lot of uh, equipment to the different jobs in the St. Louis area. Um, it wasn't easy. Yeah. Um, that's I just had work. a grind and I had a mission um, to get to the next level and actually provide for my family. And were they giving you training where, you're, you know, you're not just doing this warehouse job. They're also helping you get ready for that next step. Yes. Up. Um, safety is the big key. Um, they preach safety. Um, you're learning a lot of different trades, too, other than just the labor and trade or the carpentry trade. Um, you're learning how to drive the forklifts, the laws, the skidsters, um, and you learn how to do it safely. Um, another advantage, too, was... Um, knowing all the different pieces and the equipment that's going out. Um, like, for instance, you might have Simon forms and you might have Perry forms, which is has a completely different setup. So if one of my formers was asking me, hey, could you go grab this? I already have the knowledge by starting off in the yard instead of just being thrown out into the field mm-hmm. and kind of having to guess my way around things. So. So, Ryan, is this something that, that you guys have done consciously? You figured out, okay, here's how to get somebody who has no experience in this industry. We're going to start him here, and the goal is to get him here. A- absolutely. And, in fact, I think we start before that. Really, our focus is grade school, el- elementary school, junior high. Grade school. Um, grade school. So we have a fantastic three-year partnership with one of our um, uh, great clients, which is uh, the Parkway School District. So for three years, we've done a STEM Saturday program for, for that audience, bring everyone together, expose them to what this is, you know, STEM, uh, science, technology, engineering, math, um, and exposing them at that age. Um, in October, we just did a yard day where we brought uh, high school girls from 19 different schools around the area to the same yard that Kavan came out of. Um, and they did drywall, framing, um, formed concrete, they did electrical work. So, and, so and sorry, let me break in here. The fact that this was girls that you were bringing in for this, was this intentional? You want to say, hey, girls can do these jobs. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we look for um, the key resource, so 
it's it's this good bad news. We have this workforce that's aging out, right? We need to grow the workforce, but we also need to increase diversity. We need to bring minorities and women into the trade. So these two challenges really work together to solve the problem. And so that is definitely by design. And do you find uh, young women are are open to this? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's just exposure. Um, as I mentioned before, it's I know what construction is, but do I really know? And so there's just so many different options there. But that hands-on experience Mm -hmm. um, with the right kids to say, I definitely think that that's something I want to do, but that's really the spark. And that's why we need to start early. But the second thing we need to do is you have the spark. Now, how do we find out that specific trade path for you? And then how do we help you navigate, whether it's a non-union contractor or through the union path? That's where we begin with like the program that Kavan was in, um, as well as other. I mean, I have a list here of way too many programs to mention, but there's BUDS, MOIT, you know, MOCAN. These are programs where they take folks that are about to graduate or post high school and say, here's the exposure to the different trades. And then once you select, you know, you want to be a laborer, you want to be a carpenter, they actually help you to get on to the job. So that's the second step. And then the final one is keeping folks on the job. So Mm. workforce development um, and retaining top talent like Kavan. So Kavan, for you, I'm told that this was your journey. In 13 months, you went from yard worker to apprentice laborer. 18 months after that, you became a journeyman. What does that mean to be a journeyman? Um, Buy a big family, of course, the money. Yeah, (laughs) Um, you can make a lot more as a journeyman. Exactly. Um, Another thing, um, just more knowledge, uh, more information, um, being able to teach others and teach others to do the job safely. So Um, how did that process change? I mean, this was all happening pretty fast in like two and a half years. You're kind of going from the the bottom to working your way in to teaching um, others. It's it 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 was. It was a fun process. Um, with me personally, um, I always had people with knowledge, um, my general formants, um, and I'm not afraid to ask questions. If I don't know it, people might get tired of saying, hey, you know, stop talking. No, I'm going to keep asking um, because if I'm asking, I don't know it. Um, and like I say, um, the most important thing to me is learning so um, nothing doesn't happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to go home in one piece also. Yeah. So, um, but it was, it was a, uh, a journey. Um, it seemed like it took longer than 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. What do you think gave Kavan the skills? You know, he's coming in without training in this, but here he is somebody that you're pointing to as, yeah, this was a great sure. hire. Well, he was recently promoted to foreman. He doesn't want to tell you that. But, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> brag, brag on a little bit, but I think it's really, it's the combination of, all these programs that are out there, and there's more and more, there's more programs today than there were in 2015 when Kavan was was beginning his journey. But these programs are only half the battle. It also takes, you know, that that um, motivation that he had to really connect. And um, you know, if 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 you had more time, the story that it took for him from him, you know, from the Casito Queen into our yard was actually talking to a lot of people. He'll tell you that anybody in an orange, safety orange, he stopped him and he asked him, where do you work? Could I work there? You know, it was it was a long process. And so I think it takes the combination of that gusto yeah. uh, and opportunity. And he had both, fortunately. So it's interesting to hear how hard Kavan worked to sort of get his foot in that door. At the same time, I'll hear from people who are like, yeah, I've got this uncle in the union. He's going to get me in. Is that more traditionally how this works? You almost need a family connection. Um, I don't think that's true today. 
Okay. Um, it definitely may have been true in the path I can't past. I can't really speak to that. But I will tell you that one thing that has happened from that transition is as your grandpa and your father and your brother, as they were in the union and they got you in the union, they certainly looked out for you. They developed you safety wise. They made you productive. Um, and so you had a leg up in terms of now you're on the job. Um, so it's incredibly important, I think, now where someone like Kavan that maybe doesn't have a connection to the job, doesn't have a family member directly in the trades, that we really focus on, um, you know, train the trainer to make sure that we're building uh, a job site that's conducive to that development. Um, so I, I think that times have changed definitely, mm-hmm. and they're and they're continuing to change, but we have to change with them and make sure that we're filling that void with development programs. Yeah, so how do you do that? I mean, is there like a mentorship component for these young guys? Absolutely. So I would say uh, train the trainer, that's number one, which we would take our superintendent, our field level staff, and they would train our foreman, our general foreman, um, the leaders on the job like Kavan to say, hey, these are the things we need to look out for. This is a new person. You know, these these are folks that um, you have to understand what they don't know. Um, make sure that they're very aware that you're investing in them and you're developing them. Um, so it really starts with that. But we also have um, uh, on one job uh, near here, actually, uh, Washington University, the School of Medicine Project, we actually have um, 60 apprentices that we bring together every six weeks or so. And we bring in seasoned folks that come in and tell them about their journey. Um, we bring in non-construction folks to tell them about the journey and what they need to look for. So that development is, is critical. As we see folks leave the construction industry, one of the places that we can save is let's keep the folks there that are that are there. You yeah. know? And so it's, it's really important. We're talking today to Ryan Molin. He is a senior vice president at McCarthy Building Companies, Inc. Uh, that's a homegrown company that works all around the U.S. Uh, we're also joined by Kavan White. He is now a foreman for McCarthy. Got to get that title right. I appreciate you sharing this news here. So you mentioned this idea of, of retention. Uh, so the The uh, U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics hiring report found the number of people quitting construction went up in the U.S. by 69,000 people in March of 2022. Kavan, you now work with these guys who are giving this a try. Uh, What do you think sometimes leads people to to not stick with this? Um, I really can't speak on anybody else. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what's going through anybody's head or, you know, problems or anything of that nature. Um, but for me, um, like I said, I just had the hunger, you know, um, I had a family to feed, a big family to feed. Um, and it just gave me the drive to not give up. It's not easy by any means. Um, you have your good days, you have your bad days. Some days you're working in the rain, some days you're working in the sunshine. So I just kind of, you know, put my boots on every day and just, you know, trying to provide for my family. Yeah, good for you. Ryan, is this something where, um, you know, you guys are doing exit surveys, you're trying to figure out why Why are some people flushing out? Uh, I've seen those numbers, and, and I'm not an economist, but I can tell you that, that we see, at McCarthy, we see, you know, world-class retention rates. So we don't see that high turnover. Um, we definitely have not seen the great resignation. Um, but when I look at those numbers, I think you're only seeing half of the, of the story. If you look at the folks that are leaving construction, which mm-hmm. is, that's... Uh, definitely an increase over um, uh, over the the I think you were looking at the March numbers, the February yeah. numbers. Um, but you have to look at the folks that are coming into construction. I think you'll see that there was a net add in that same survey um, of 150,000 workers. Um, and in fact, the American um, Building Contractors Association, which is a trade association, predicts that the net, you know, the folks that quit the industry versus the folks that come in in 22, um, they predict that that will actually increase by 8%. So the workforce <laughs> is slightly growing. However, <laughs> 
Okay. The, the other shoe is that um, they're predicting that there's an additional 650,000 jobs nationally. So it's not to say that there's not a problem, but when you just look at folks leaving, yeah. you kind of have to look at folks coming in and out. But again, we should attack that number. I mean, if that's 69,000 people that we could keep in the trades. You want to keep them. It's, yeah, yeah let's, we want to keep them. <laughs> Maybe not every last not one of them. Not all of them, yeah. yes. Right. We also heard on Twitter from Ez Sue, who writes um, that construction jobs aren't actually that stable. They write, quote, having a stable salary not based on weather might be a start instead of treating all workers as independent contractors. Is that the industry norm these days, I, that these are independent I would ask Kavan. Kavan's working in the field, and I think it would be a great question for him. Um, rain, sleet, snow, I'm out in the field. Yeah. Um, and you're getting paid to be out in the fields. Exactly. Um, earlier today, you know, we're rain, uh, pump a little water um, in the mud. Yeah. Um, you know, like I say, I'm, I'm out there every day. Um, I never experienced um, anything of that nature. Um, like I say, I just I go and try to work to the best of my ability, and it's gotten me here, you know, um, getting a little bit of recognition, becoming a foreman. Um, so it's not being overlooked in my eyes. So do you think that's an outdated idea of how the industry works? Or do you think some guys do do it that way? That's just not how McCarthy does it. Some folks do. McCarthy, yeah. like right now, I would, I think we're probably doing about $2 billion worth of work in the St. Louis area. So we have a lot of work. Um, and, and a lot of our um, uh, uh, competitors are very busy. It's a good time in construction. Yeah. So, so that's happening. So that could happen from time to time. Definitely, if you work outside, you do dirt work. I think there's probably um, more weather-dependent projects, um, certainly at the beginning of a project versus at the end. There's more jobs that are outside. Um, so it's definitely part of it, but but I don't think that it's um, a, a huge drawback. Hmm. So you're so tapped into all these different programs going on, all these different ways you guys are trying to get more people into this workforce, more good people into this workforce. What do you see as one of the most promising things on the horizon? Or- well, I, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention St. Louis Works. Um, so this great program that has started up, it's not something that was around when, when Kavan came in, but I, you know, pr- preparing for this, I went to the website and there's two buttons that says, so you want to go in the trades, click here, right? And the other one says, do you want to mentor? You click here. And so I think that's very promising. This could have uh, saved you a lot of uh, hanging out trying to find the right guy. Yeah. Um, Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot more opportunities. Um, I like to be a part of it. Um, and like I said, I'll be able to help as much as I can. Um, but just keep asking. Don't, you know, if you think construction is a field for you, um, don't be afraid to ask anybody. That's kind of I'm here. Yeah. But another group I should mention is MOWIT, which is Missouri Women in the Trades. And that's women helping women to get into the trades and to stay in the trades. So so I think one of the most promising things are the winds have really changed. And I think folks realize that the solution to this challenge is minority and women in the trades. And there's a lot of programs out there. There'll be more. So we have opportunity. And as I mentioned before, if you couple that with effort, we're all going to be successful. Yeah. So there's just not enough white men to do these jobs. It's like the good industry. News. Yeah. <laughs> good news. There's room for there's room for other people. Right. That's great. Well, so Kavan, in our final minute here, I want to bring this back to you. You got into this because you found out you were having triplets. How are your triplets doing today? They're great. Um, they're becoming little human beings. Um, there'll be seven actually this oh, year wow. in uh, June. Um one trade them for the world. Love them to death. Yeah. So this has all worked out great. And, and here you are. You're now a foreman. Yeah. Do you feel like having triplets, this was maybe a big blessing, even if it was terrifying? I think so. Um, I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. So um, like I said, I just wanted to provide and find a way to feed them. And God kind of answered my call. 
Well, Kavan White, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Appreciate you. And Kavan is a foreman at McCarthy Building Companies. And Ryan Molin, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And Ryan is Senior Vice President at McCarthy Building Companies. This episode was produced by Danny Wissentowski with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.